Stop scrolling, you wannabe Lewis Hamilton. Learn something new with invisible speed. You can't do everything at 100% maximum speed. You have to be smooth. I mean, when you drive a real car, if you drive a real car, how do you, do you just, when you get to a 90 degree corner to turn into the parking lot, do you go like that with the steering wheel? Do you like slam on the throttle and the brake? No, you probably turn the wheel smooth and get on the throttle smooth. Same thing with an RC car. If you want to learn more and make your speed visible, stop scrolling. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this grabbing it's hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. What's going on? Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro's glory, but e buggy pays the bills. 10 scale build the skills at Masters of Dirt, and we are back for episode number 261. And I left you off the record. It's been quite a while since we had one of these. Uh, so you know how it goes. You guys got to start sharing this. We got 46 people in here right now. We got Clayton coming on. He's not coming on until we got 100 people in here. I'm doing it JQ style. We're going to get 100 people in there. Then we're going to start talking. Uh, it's been a lot of chit-chat on the fa on Facebook about all of this stuff we're about to talk about. So please share this out to all of your groups and all that type of stuff. And uh, if you have any questions for Clayton, if you want to know what's been going on with IFMAR and the recent Shamfergate, as I want to call it, then this is the place to be. So share, 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 share to all your groups. If you're on YouTube, share it, uh, all that type of stuff. And I welcome everybody. But before I do that, I need to say some thank yous. And I want to say thank you, Dustin, who lit right off the bat. Two super chats. If you're feeling generous, we are accepting super chats uh, this tonight as well. So thank you, Dustin. Right off the bat. And my boy, Dakri Man, who's been a member for 13 months. Thank you. And Dustin Hulit. Thank you. I appreciate it. If you love what we're doing, we accept super chats or become a patron or YouTube member. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, with that said, 54. Let's go. I'll even drop it on. We'll start at 75. 75. So we'll start at 75. But before I do that, I want to say thank you to all of you out there, the NNRC squad. Obviously, we cannot do this without you. It's been an awesome five years of podcasting now. It's five years, yeah. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the season here. A big, big season. You know, I've got a big push coming up here. Uh, going to be on, on the road for about four, for four weeks, going to various races. 
So it might not be that many podcasts coming out in the next month, but don't worry. We're going to have a nice Christmas show. I'm going to try and do some live ones. We'll see what happens. But we can't do this without you. So thank you. Thank you all to all the patrons and YouTube members out there. We greatly appreciate it. We can't do this without you, without this, without you guys' help as well. You go the extra mile. If you guys like what we're doing, you want to support financially, you can. There's links in the written, well, not in this, this written description, but there's links to our Patreon and YouTube membership program. Uh, they get early release. Uh, we, we haven't done a Patreon podcast in quite some time, but I try to always show the patrons and YouTube guys some love. So I appreciate that. If you want to do that, it helps us out a lot. Also, thank you to the awesome companies that support this podcast. Obviously, you saw the first one, The Invisible Speed. The 2.0 book is up for pre-order. So if you're looking for the latest version of The Invisible Speed book, it's going to be out by the end of the year, says Jake. I was talking to him today. So go over, pre-order it, and uh, get, get it while it's hot because those things sell like hotcakes. And we're at 59. So we got 15 more to go before we start. Uh, so shout out to Invisible Speed, of course, High Tech RC, been a big supporter of the podcast. Sampadal USA, shout out to Hefty, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC, Stacked RC, Donovan RC, Racecraft USA, shout out to the Florida RC Championship, uh, Danny Paz at WRC, who's doing awesome stuff. Shout out to my boy, uh, Gene Strout as well, who's doing some, doing RC builds and all that type of stuff. If you want to get something built, refreshed. Check him out, SJ Racing. Shout out to House of RC, RCGP, and shout out to our drivers, David Ronefalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Battier, Alexander Hagberg, and Maddie G. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing David Ronefalk drive carpet and Bruno Coelho drive carpet at the Florida Carpet Championships in a few weeks' time. A couple weeks' time now. Yeah, in a couple weeks. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Dakri Man. Look at that. Thank you, dude. Not only does this guy support me on Patreon and YouTube, YouTube membership, he also always drops a uh, a super chat. So thank you. I appreciate that, man. I have no idea who he is. He's won, he's won prizes and he won't give me his address or nothing. So he is a man of mystery. What's up, Lucas Shassel? So make it make it to Omaha this winter. I don't I don't think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the southeast this winter uh for about for the next month. But uh we do have Clayton, I see him in the background, but we're not going to. We have 10 more people in here. I know everybody wants to talk about what's going on out there, so please share this. I know out on the West Coast. What's up, Matt Dixon? How are you? Happy hump day to you as well. It is Wednesday. It's almost race day for you guys. 66. We need nine more. Let's get ready to rumble, says ST. I agree. I just saw that the Onward Worlds are actually started over there in Japan. I uh, watched Charlie Swanka's Walkabout, what a beautiful facility uh, Kenji from Infinity has built over there. Uh, when I'm done here, I'm going to go watch some on-red worlds, I think. Hello, Coach Nigel Thompson. How you doing? Hello, Bryce Hallman, RC. How are you? Please share this, guys. We're going to get 75 people in here before we start this show. We're going down in numbers. That's not how it works. X-Tech says, one on drove carpet in the last episode. Of, I saw that. I saw that. And he's actually doing the Nationals this week. I was talking to him today. And then he's, uh, I think he goes to Hootie next week for practice, for testing. 59 people. All right, we're losing people. I think we're just going to stop the show. We're actually losing people. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the waffle, waffle, waffle. We have a waffle going on. You can go check it out. I forgot. Thank you, Lance McDonald, for reminding me. We have a waffle going, over, going on. You can win either a, I don't know if it's a techno nitro kit or an e-buggy kit. I'm sure Lance will correct me in a minute. Or a... Um, ultimate engine and nitro pipe combo. 
I greatly appreciate everybody's support that's been helping me out with the with us with the waffles. That's how we pay for the travel expenses to get to these races. So it definitely helps out a lot. I am going to Beast of the East in January. They did a waffle as well. So thank you to everybody. Techno Nitro Buggy Kit. So $10 a spot. Uh, I think we have about 100 and something spots left. I'm not sure. So go over to Lance McDonald's. I have a link on my Facebook as well and hit it up. And uh, yeah, man, help us out. That helps pay for all the travel over the next four weeks that uh, I'm going to be doing. And hello, Talk Roland, tuning in from Western Australia. What's up, Mauricio Pato? How are you? Yeah, man, I heard you guys. Pato, did you have fun down in, uh, I assume, your Nico's dad? If so, did you? Uh, congratulations. You came second. That was good. All right, 65, 126 spots remaining, says Lance. So go over to the to his Facebook profile and uh, or mine, and you'll see the waffle, please. We like to get that sold out as soon as possible uh, because that's going to help us out. See you at AMS next week. Yep, we will be at AMS next weekend. What's up, Joe Jenkins? And all right, 68. So we need seven more people. We've been 10 minutes, and we haven't started. And I'm only going to be on her for an hour and a half tonight. I told Clayton we ain't going to keep him too long. What's up, Ashton? See you next week as well. 66. You know what? 70. Five more. And then I'll start. <laughs> Joe Jenkins says, I could buy all 126 spots and still not win the raffle. If you didn't win the raffle, then you have bad luck. But I would appreciate it if you go buy some spots. You can get yourself a new engine. Or you know, I know you're a SRX guy, so you don't, you don't need a, a, a techno kit. What's up, Big Ty? How you doing? Are you going to be watching? I'm sure you're going to be watching the on-road world. You like on-road. And what's up, Daniel Maley? And what's up, Ma what's up, Atkins Diet? All right. Four more people, and then we're going to bring Clayton and her. Today, we're going to be talking about Chamfergate and the big shake, shake up at IFMAR. So I know you all have questions, but we're going to talk to Clayton about it all first. Then we'll ask some questions. Come on. I'm overweight. I come for five people. All right, Lance. Not as overweight as me. And Ty says, I watch it all night. All right, we're going to just bring Clayton on, and we're going to talk to him. What's up, Clayton? What's up, Lefty? How are you? I don't know. My, I've, I've been trying to um, push these people push the people in here to get into 75 to 100 viewers, and we're not there yet. So I'm not happy about that. But thank you for joining us. It's been an exciting couple of weeks for you, an exciting Monday for you <laughs> as well. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you, Regulus Joe. I appreciate you doing that. And Eric Anderson is her who I have. I had, I had. I knew nothing about until the last couple of days, to be honest. And I still don't know much about him. But we have 75 people. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We have the Royal President, Clayton Young, on her, who has become a regular guest on our podcast. I appreciate you using the NNRC as one of the main media outlets for Raw. Uh, I appreciate it. It's, it's people. I think people enjoy it. They love the... Uh, transparency that you give and the no-nonsense that you have been, you know, you answer people's questions and you give people, you know, you talk to people, unlike the former people that used to do that. What's up, Mike Hess? Long time no see, man. Long time. It's been a while since I've listened. Yeah, I haven't seen you for a while. You must have been chilling for RC for this summer. All right. So we are here to talk about, obviously, the Trinity slot machines. I mean, that was the latest hubbub about for about two weeks. It's kind of died down a little bit now. And of course, the latest news was the big shakeup at the, at IFMAR. So I think we'll just start out with the Shamfergate because I actually just kind of got caught up on all of this over the weekend. Uh, I was I, sick. 
him from Masters of Dark. This kind of all went on while I was at Masters of Dark, funny or not, a 10-scale race. But uh, yeah, man, the internet was alive the last week and a half or last two weeks about all of all of this, which, which I'm calling Shamfergate because my buddy kind of explained it to me. Uh, so if you guys aren't don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the decision for, for Roar after discovering that some shady things were done to these Trinity slot machine motors that uh, that the stock motors, 21.5, the 21.5, 13.5, and 17.5. And they have a 25.5 too, I think. Okay, so all of the... all their spec motors are being removed as of November 10th. Okay, so I think the best thing we can start out with this with this situation is for people that may not know how this works, why don't you explain how companies and Raw get together to approve these motors for this spec racing? Sure. So a company reaches out to us to become an affiliate first, and then that allows them to submit motors for a for a stock motor is three hundred and fifty dollars per spec wine. So three hundred and fifty for the seventeen five, three hundred and fifty for the thirteen five. And that money goes to the inspector who then has to take all the epoxy out of all the windings so that they can take all the wire off the motor. And then they kind of strip down the stator so that they can see the laminates and make sure that they aren't chamfered too much. They're only allowed to chamfer the top and bottom laminate one by, I, I didn't bring the rule with me, but it's, it's very fairly insignificant by like, 0.125 or something like that. So we keep those in stock. We have pictures of them. Um, and if somebody finds something or we usually confiscate a couple motors at nationals for from the champions who won just to make sure manufacturers aren't getting one over on us. Um, in this case, actually one of your drivers um, had sent me a heads up um, with a picture of one of their motors um, and then the internet blew up when Phantom had posted that they had found the same thing. So before we could even like start to act, um, like it was just going viral uh, on the internet. <clears throat> so at that point, we got a couple motors. Um, I think Tim had one and we got one from a no-name hobby shop. We're not calling anybody. We're not going to like dime out any hobby shop that we get stuff from. Um, but they're the same hobby shops everybody else will buy stuff from. Um, he tore them down. One of them was actually in spec. One of them was exactly um, like had been seen on the internet. So multiple layers of those laminates were chamfered down. Um, and one that Tim had found almost came to a point. So it wasn't even like it had flat laminate. It was like just a vertical point. Um, so we reached out to the manufacturer and said, hey, um, we know you just took over Trinity, but could you look into this for us? Um, we found that the stuff that's on the Internet appears to be true with our findings, not every motor, but some of the motors. So if you could look into it and get back to us, we'd appreciate it. And good on them. They did. They, they took a week, um, got somebody to go out to the factory and found that the, all of them were being made with the chamfer. They, they didn't give us names and I don't expect them to give us names because, you know, that's it's their company secrets of who's deciding what to do, what. Um, but it, it according to them, it had happened before they had taken over. And m most people know they didn't take over till I think July. So to actually get a motor made, 
have it made and then shipped to the States and then have it readily available for people to have, um, it would take a few months to happen. But anyways, they agreed. They said that they suggested we remove all spec lines from that line of motors. All right. So I just wanted to catch people up. Uh, so I will say that this first came to my knowledge from Josh Schroeder, who was on Facebook. He was the one that kind of brought it to into light. Uh, I mean, he's, he's publicly on Facebook. I believe he does work for Phantom. I believe, I believe he does. Yeah, I don't know that he does. I, I thought he did, but I could be wrong with that. Okay, yeah, I believe he does. Someone, I'm sure somebody out there will correct me with that. He he posted that. Now, did you guys get a message from him about it? Because he said he was going to contact uh, um, Raw I did. It. I did get a message from him after that post. Okay. Um, Saying, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> so <laughs> after that like... case, so after that, do you then just go... Like you said, you just went to your whatever hobby shop, buy these off the off the off the shelf, and then go ahead. And how many motors did you actually buy? I believe we bought two because some of us already had them. So we mm -hmm. just like, all right, here, take mine, take mine, and do our checks. Um, okay. We didn't go through every wind. Um, we just thirteen five is where they had found it, so that's where we started. Like if if there would have been a no, no, everything's good, we would have then gone further but because they admitted it and suggested that we go ahead and remove them um, we just followed what the manufacturer suggested to begin with okay uh and that's a good question that was actually in my question as well so what is the benefit of the chamfer or actually or it's, it's so, actually the the size of it right that makes the difference so anything that makes that wind um able to be tighter and that's what the chamfer does it takes the part of the stator out that you wind the wire around so you can make it smaller and lower your resistance um, one of the benefits or pitfalls of our one percent rule is manufacturers are taking advantage of okay here's our motors for submission and then we'll make sure that the motors that they bring to the track don't fall past their one percent of submission rule. So the motors that people have at the track could actually be a little bit lower in IRs than what's submitted. Um, in the case that we tested, we didn't find any significant IR difference, like maybe 0.2 more on the couple that we tested. So it wasn't like they got a, a resistance advantage. Um, but it's definitely an advantage instead of having a, a pointy chamfer to cut the wire when it gets too hot, expands and blows up that, that it just, it won't do that. Mm -hmm. um, and if somebody were to start winding them tighter, they could do that because a chamfer is there, which cuts the corner off. So now they can just wrap it tighter as mm -hmm. does that 180 loop. <clears throat> okay. All right. That makes sense. Now, I know a lot of people are here asking, okay, let's take Tyrone where he says, what is the penalty for finding cheating other than removing the motors? Well, this is a unique case as well. Yeah, so I know R1 got banned in BRCA for five years. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I had just come on the board or I was coming on the board as all that was happening. So I don't remember exactly if they got caught after they done it like this, where they submitted something and then later that was found that it was to be illegal. So 
that's why they got banned. In this case, there was no arguments. There was actually a, you know, they admitted their guilt instead of us having to go to court or whatever to deal with this. So mm-hmm. the removing of all their spec lines um, is is what their penalty is going to be. If there was a case where we had to get into a dispute with the manufacturer, we don't have a rule that says what the penalty is. Probably something we should come up with. Um, but the board would would come up with an agreed um, remedy for that. In okay. this case, because they had just bought the company um, and it appears as though they didn't make the change because it would be really hard for them to have got that many motors out that were changed that fast. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, Eric says it was a short state of fun at the Euros that got R1 in trouble. Okay, yeah. And Eric's been on the board for a long time. We'll mm. get into him soon. <laughs> um, but the the for this one, making sure that nobody could take advantage of it, um, is what the, the penalty is basically going to be. Okay. So this is something. So I, all right. So people would say, why wasn't this caught at tech at the stock nationals or anything like that? I guess I would ask that too. So we don't know when, um, the motors that were made that way mm-hmm. actually made it stateside to mm. be in something. So, um, any motors that we cons- confiscated, they've all passed. Okay. So, I, and we probably, I don't know that we confiscated a bunch this year. Um, obviously, we'll be doing a bunch next year because we want to make sure there's nobody else um, doing the same thing. But we have had other motors torn apart, the Reedy motor, R1s, um, that are still staying where they're supposed to be with those chamfers. Okay. So, this is this, this is a slippery slope because when you read the comments, people are mad at you, at yeah. Raw, like they're mad at Raw, they're mad at Horizon. And I I read I read something here yesterday by Murftal, and I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, I should actually bring it up. But he 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 posted this, and I thought that this was the best description. It's kind of how I felt when I first heard about it. So everybody was is blaming uh Horizon. I blame Horizon for not doing their due diligence and actually checking this prior to to buying it so they are at fault for that do i think i think that they are they are held held, they are held held they are held they are left holding the um the evidence per se i'm gonna go gonna get get go get go get everything blamed them and have to pay for this right they're gonna have to i think they're gonna have to reimburse people somehow some way some way they're gonna have to figure out they're gonna have to figure out how to do this they can afford it but it wasn't their fault you know, it wasn't what they went out and did. They didn't have time to do this. this. This change happened before they took over the business and all that type of stuff. So I think people's anger is a little bit mis. It's misguided. It should. What I, I don't see many people talking about the previous administration of Trinity too much. Yeah, because that's when this change happened. So it's and I'm not. I'm nobody knows who went over and said do this or do that or whatever, right? right. It's just this was a running change that happened. While it was under the Trinity umbrella, then it was Trinity Trinity. Yeah, as a racer, like I probably have five or six of these motors, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be able to use them anymore. I mean, I could give them to somebody who's new that is just gonna blow it up anyway, kind of deal. But you know, I, I'm in the same boat of you know, I bought a lot of these motors and now they're paperweights as well. So 
Um, I understand the frustration. I, I can also see from being a racer that doesn't know like the whole inner workings of how everything happens or why everything happens, why I would just blame the people who called it out kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what Lance says. Rule suggestion. Once to prove is removed, manufacturer must buy back all stock from retailer and racers from motors purchase within the last 365 days. Like I said, this, this that would be not, a big penalty. Yes, this this <laughs> but I mean Horizon could handle this, I think. Um wasn't there for, they didn't do it, but they got they they are they are responsible for it, right? So well, I, I hope so that they, they do responsibility for it. Um, yes. I mean, only they and the people before them know when this really took occurrence and who signed the change order to the factory. Like the those two companies between them would know. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just taking them at their word um, that that's what happened. So, all what would you think say, would be for for Horizon to do in this case? Um, I don't run a business. But like, I would definitely credit people once they have a different motor to get another motor. Um, but like, I I don't know how much that's really hurting them or, or not. Like, I don't know how much money they have in the bank. I, I don't. I, I don't. I write software. I don't. I don't race. I don't really run businesses. So, other than Roar, <laughs> like trying to get us out of the hole. That's about it. <clears throat> um, but that they were already talking about how, what the best way to um, help the racer back. They just hadn't come up with the best idea yet. They were still talking about it. Yeah, I think they're going to have to... Look, I know a lot of the people that are watching this, they're not big Horizon fans, and I understand why a lot of people aren't. But I honestly feel that the anger at Horizon is definitely not, not warranted in this case, because not only because it wasn't their fault, they have to. I they bought the company. They they have to take. They have to take the new. They have to take the good. They have to take the bad. Okay, yeah. Right. So they are responsible for it. But I just don't see nobody even mentioning the prior administration. And not. Oh, there let's are. Be honest, There's people out there that are calling people out. But let's be honest. Is this in the first go around for Trinity? It's been caught before. True. Um. A, a lot of it. Um. Well, not a lot of it. Some of it was. Um intentional back in the day just to mm -hmm. show how a rule was poorly written um and so they took advantage of a system of a, a spec gauge instead of a size of wire mm -hmm. you know because it was the rule was just poorly written so part of it is trying to be a racer and have some kind of advantage when you come to the track almost any racer will do that if they so can what, find something that's a gray area they'll they'll try and fudge it of course, of course. So Ken Hems, why was Phantom look at the motor? I, I guess they must have got a tip. Or they were trying to figure out how to make their motor faster. Exactly. They're trying to figure I mean, out they, how to... They, they all do it, Ken. Um, yeah. It's not a... It's you not can't a stop thing. them from buying another uh, another motor and stripping it on. They can do whatever they want. They they paid for it. So it's... All right. So I, I just get... You know, when I started looking at all the comments and all that stuff, I... It's like when people were blaming Roar, like Roar is doing this and Roar is doing that, and people were blaming Horizon. But at the end of the day, it was the previous administration's fault why this even happened. And and Horizon bought it, and now they're left holding the ball, left holding the, uh, the smoking gun, and they're going to have to do it. Yeah, now, I imagine from now on when a company buys another company, 
one of the first things they'll do is check their product to make sure that they're not buying into something that's bad. Okay, so here's what uh, Joey says. He says, I'm not saying ban Trinity right now, but moving forward, you get caught cheating. Your brand is banned for two years. After two years, you can submit a new moda at 100% increase in fees. I would think that's fair. At 100% increase in fees. So like double their fees? Is that... I think it's talking about like their. Are you talking about their affiliate fees, uh, Joey? Oh, probably. So Kevin goes. I'll say Raw is going to check the Exalt motors next. (laughs) I mean, I would be too. Exalt just got theirs approved, so um, there you go. I would expect to see them at nationals, so we'll see who the top three are. Um, (laughs) Maybe we'll just confiscate all three. And our EA says, as a company, always keep an eye on your competition to learn. And also for legality. I agree. I agree. Correct. Question is, did Horizon bring over the motor maker? I don't understand that question. So are they saying when they make another motor, are they going to use that same China shop? Oh, I think there's only a few motor manufacturers, maybe two or three uh, in the RC industry. So, I mean, it would be on them whether they use the same shop. I, from the information they gave me, it doesn't sound like the shop did anything wrong either. So they they did exactly what they were told, which was exactly. change that chamfer. So I, I don't know that I would blame the shop at all for that. <clears throat> all right. So, yeah. So that's what uh, Jerry was talking about. They said if it costs 200 to submit. Yeah. They're talking about submitting the. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. That's that, a good. I mean, we can bring that up at the next. Um, Absolutely. Meeting. Absolutely. So I wanted to touch on something that really reason we have all this um, and me just coming from a 10 scale race and, you know, I could like, I'm, I'm, I like stock. I don't want to call it stock anymore. I don't think it should be called stock, but there's so much money wrapped up in stock right now. We have professional stock racers. We have guys that don't want to move up to mod because stock is too much. They make too much money in mod and all this type of stuff. So isn't it time that we, I don't know, is it, is it any way we can regulate this? Isn't it time to stop calling stock stock? Uh, just have it, I don't know, we had a, me, uh, me and my buddy, well, my buddy turned in and says, call it spec mod. Uh, what is the, what is the, I, I look at stock as like a whole separate class now. It's not like a stepping stone to getting to mod. It's like you can have professional stock races, but in the end, we're having all of this, uh, this type of uh, just controversy, right? But I guess this will never stop, right? No. They're always going to push the envelope. <clears throat> no, yeah. So I think ETS does a good job. They have a spec speedo, spec motor, and like you don't get to keep them, I don't think. Mm. Um, so like you show up with <clears throat> the motors and speed controls, they sync them up to their radios, and then they go race. So you pretty much know. I don't get we make Nick a tree and get out of her. Oh it's uh it's a back to the future um reference. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, let's see what Ty says. It's unfortunate Horizon got caught up with the purchase of Trinity, but Trinity brand should be suspended for two years as now it's a slap on the wrist. Other manufacturers are watching who expect the same leniency. Yeah, I mean I, I understand where people are coming from on that as well. Yeah, and if we put something in the rule book, then it'll, at least it'll be known what the penalty is for getting caught with your pants down. Mike has the professional spec racer doesn't care. It only hurts us independent guys. 
You mean if the motor's getting pulled? I would agree. I would I would say that Horizon needs to make this right with people who have bought these motors and can't use them. And hobby shops that have obviously they should recall the motors or that some of these hobby shops have. It's gonna it's gonna take a debt, it's gonna take time for people to even have trust in these motors again, I think. Uh after yeah. the situation. Uh it's you would think that, but like with the Monster Max and the 3.5, people still bought into Trinity again. So really will they i mean there's people that will use whatever's fast regardless of its back history okay all right uh does anybody have any more questions about Shamfergate before we move on to what i'm excited about <laughs> here's your chance to ask your questions now uh banum everybody just says banum <laughs> oh my gosh now are people mad at this is my question to you guys are you guys mad at, at Horizon, do you want it to ban them just because it's Horizon, or what? But mm. that's what I want to know. I think it's probably because it's Trinity because they've had two other motor lines. So, what are other tracks doing about Nexa? What are other tracks doing about this, regardless if they are raw affiliated track or not? Most tracks follow the raw rules to keep up everything easier. So, why are other? What are other tracks doing about a lot of tracks? From what I've been seeing on the internet, a lot of people just ain't a lot. Some. I saw one track, like uh, Barry Schimmel's track at Coastal, said he'll allow them to a certain date. Some tracks are giving you to a certain date to get another another Coastal RC. Sorry, some no, tracks, some <laughs> tracks are giving um, you a certain time to change over these motors and whatnot. Yep. So people are giving uh, people opportunities to change them over. So I, I, I mean, it's not really what they still have to follow the rules, like the rules. The rules are related to stock, you know, the stock class and that motor. So if it's not yeah. deemed raw approved by <clears throat> raw, it's out of it's. I mean, it's it doesn't matter if the track is affiliated or not. It's still under raw, <laughs> under raw, um, <laughs> raw rules. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the comments. I see the same one. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Peter, about how the evil empire has fallen. Uh, Travis Amaskia Peanut says Ernie is still Ernie still winning. Oh man, I heard the whole story about the how he what happened, why he was able if the D3. That's what it was. I heard that yeah, whole story. Five, I think, right? Yes. <clears throat> Rick Hayes says, give Horizon a chance to correct the issue of the cars that they do nothing protest with your wallet. I, I would agree there. Yeah. I, I, I understand where you say they came, like it wasn't their fault. They understand what happened. I hope they make it right for their customers. That's what I say. Well, I hope every company deals with the situation as well between us and them that mm -hmm. horizon did because they could have just as well dragged this out for another two, three months of us having to buy more samples, prove more points, prove more different wines. Like this could have dragged on for quite some time. And it's not like you can just tear a motor apart overnight. Um, some of the stuff takes a quite a few hours to get done. Right. I agree. I agree. And um, I, I think they'll make it right. I think they have no choice, but to make it right. They, they I think they can afford it. I'm pretty yeah. sure they can, but I bet you they would do their due diligence next time before they buy something else. And I, anybody that's going to buy anything like this. Yep. All right. Um, next up. So you had been talking to, you had, you know, you're talking about this AGM. I, I know I wasn't paying attention too much prior going into this. Um, Cause I was busy traveling and stuff like that, but there was an IFMAR AGM this past Monday. Now, 
Uh, tell a little, tell a little bit of some people like what this AGM is all about. How many people are involved in it? Uh, was this the first time it was done with via Zoom? I think. So yeah, so the AGM is the annual general meeting of IFMAR, um, and it typically happens later in the year, from what I've seen uh, through my emails. But this year it happened in August. Um, and because it was in Japan, I wasn't going to go and make war pay for me to travel to Japan. Thankfully, I got to talking to Scotty Ernst, who isn't just an announcer. He actually can drive really well, Nitro. And mm -hmm. he's an amazing human being. He offered up to pay with flight miles, but to pay for me to go out there. Mm. I had a vacation with my daughter that weekend, so I... I couldn't take him up on the opportunity, but he extended it to Eric Anderson. And so Eric was able to rearrange his schedule and Scotty took care of his flight for him and got him out there. So, you know, all those people that are going um, to these races and hear Scotty's voice on live streams and stuff like that. He's not just an announcer and a voice. He is an incredible human being that cares about this sport dearly. So, um, all that to Brought say, on Scotty, <laughs> yes, so absolutely. he got EA out there, yeah, okay. within like a day. He scheduled him, and I think he flew either the next day or the day after. It was a very quick turnaround. Okay. Um, so the, the board is supposed to consist of at least three members, but typically five. Okay, for the last four years, it had had four which is in violation of their constitution because it says they always have to have an odd member of board members. Right. Um, as well, I think it was 2019, maybe 2018, the board, those same people, um, took all the money that the blocks donated, moved to Belgium without any block knowledge and reorganized um, and created a different constitution. Mm. So for the last four years, um, it's kind of just been run by the four people that ran Ifmar. So that's Jeff Parker, <clears throat> Jeff Carlos Parker. Gomez, yep, uh, Sander, and yep. who was the other guy? And Frank Mostry. Frank Mostry. Okay. So, so, and the reason you need five people is to so you have a you don't have a tie vote. Ever. Yes, exactly. Okay. Which is part of the problems with the blocks right now. We have four blocks: Efra, Famar. Femka and Roar. So mm -hmm. when we do votes, it ends up being a tie vote, which is also what I thought we would go into the meeting and end up with. Now, mm -hmm. in their constitution, they finagled the value of votes to how you participate in world events over the last two years and mm -hmm. how many countries or states you represent. So FAMAR, being the we'll take anybody that nobody else wants, has a lot of countries even mm -hmm. though those countries may not know that they are being supported by FAMAR or mm -hmm. may not have anybody racing, they get to still use them as a number to mm -hmm. plus up their votes for IFMAR. Okay. Um, so FAMAR is worth how many votes? I, so we never got into that because it never okay. got to that point. But I have a feeling um, with the new board, all that stuff will be rewritten so it's not decided by the board of directors who gets the most value of votes. It's plain black and white English. Okay. So you guys ran into this meeting. EA is there. You're on Zoom. 
Carlos was he there or was Carlos he was running was... the meeting? Okay. Jeff Parker was there running the meeting. Although he oh, so they much. all went out to Japan for this. Sonder was there as a fuel chair who should be there and help them run the race. Right. Um, the only one that wasn't there was Frank, and I believe Frank's ill, and I know he's been taking care of his wife who's ill, so prayers to But them. he's retiring as well, yeah. has retired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He had already announced that he was going to retire, so okay, um, that wasn't surprising. Um, but what was surprising was at the beginning of the meeting, it was surprising to me, uh, Carlos had shown Eric Anderson an email saying that he now represented, or he now spoke for Famar on their vote. So in essence, so why, why wasn't the president of Famar out there as well? Or Zoom. I don't know. I, I've emailed them um, a couple weeks prior, mm-hmm. uh, about a month and a half prior, I emailed them and he responded, yes. And I, I got you and uh, Danny to translate for me so I could mm-hmm. like send him a, a, a uh, email. Um, but then we never were able to hook up before the meeting. So I, I haven't talked to him before or after to know why. And Femka's president was on Zoom or he was there as well? Femka was in person. Okay. Trevor Trevor was right. there in person. And so I was on Zoom. And then Willie, I think his last name's Watts, um, from Ephra was there. All I know okay. by is Willie. Um, and I've never really met him, but I met him in that meeting. <laughs> okay. So, um, so that kind of threw me for a loop. Um, one, because it wasn't, we've, we've had a group email about this meeting that's gone on for the last month. And even when I, Eric was going at the last second, I still sent an email to the whole group, letting them know Eric would be coming. And Joaquin was there for us as well. But okay. um, just, just to the point of any changes, any of the other blocks, Femka or War, um, they were sent to the entire group. But from Ephra or Famar, um, all we got we got one email from Carlos saying what Ephra's intent was. Um, but some of those people, Eric had talked to himself, and they had never been asked or had interest in serving. So that also changed things up a little bit. So okay. we went through the meeting um, that was five hours long. Oh, wow. Yeah. About about the four and a half hour mark, we got through all the rule changes and approvals and um, and issues that the blocks wanted to be brought up um, for future consideration. Um, sorry, guys, I'm not reading the. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take questions after. I'm just going to start <laughs> posting up comments in here while as we go. Um, so we got to that point, And while that was going on. I was looking through the new constitution and in their new constitution, um, it clearly has a section for representatives. I think it's section 12 and it says a representative must be an active member of the block. (laughs) (laughs) We kind of did it without him anyways, Larry, Um, (laughs) and have a power of attorney. And I'm like, Mm. Oh, well this changes everything. So I um I had sent that information to Trevor. So just for people, I just want people out there to know Carlos is actually of Ephra. Yes, he's he the eight scale chairman of, of Ephra. Yes. He's he is part not, of the board of directors of Ephra. Right. He is not part of FAMAR at all. 
Right. But he's been representing them for like the last few years or whatever. Yeah, I, I found that out during the meeting because mm-hmm. Clive brought up the point that um, for the last 10 at least years, I believe, he's been illegally representing Famar according to their to their laws. Okay, so back to that. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. No. So um, Trevor brought up the point that Famar cannot be represented by you, Carlos, because you're not part of Famar. And he said, I am right now. I have this email. I am like slamming his hands on the table. I am not Ephra. I am Famar. And so I'm like, this isn't gender identity where you can switch back and forth in a meeting. You, you're one or you're the other. This is a black and white thing. Like mm-hmm. you, you can't say I'm part of the board of directors of Ephra. And, but now, so we can have more votes, I'm going to represent Famar. Mm-hmm. So we asked, like, we went back and forth about here's what the Constitution says. Sonder, to his credit, Sonder got the Constitution that was printed out, went to hand it to him, and Carlos literally pushed him off to the side and said, that doesn't count for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it, it's your Constitution. It's for everybody. It's not for all those other guys. It's for everybody. Like, that's not a thing. So... He was basically, he had votes that he shouldn't have had. Yes. Well, he was mm-hmm. going to have votes he shouldn't have had, mm-hmm. but um, it took like it took a while to l- read through and make sure there was no other caveats and clauses about how you represent. Mm-hmm. Um, so once it was brought up, um, I second the motion that we are not going to accept you voting for a block that you're not part of. And... We went back and forth for quite some time with, here's your options. You either stand down, you can walk out, or Roar, BRCA, and FEMCA are going to leave IFMAR, and we'll make our own organization. Hmm. What did they say when you said that? Um, actually, I didn't even say that. Clive actually sent that. said that. Um, rep, he's one of the FEMCA reps, our RC, I, I forgot what club Must they be are. From out Australia. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it almost didn't matter to to Carlos, but you could see the concern happening on other people's faces in the room. So, RCCA. Thank you, Eric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is why he I put his name in for the board. <laughs> um. Uh, so eventually, calmer heads prevailed, or um, we kind of just reached the conclusion that this is the way it's going to be because there's no other option. So we went to ask how we should do the vote, and we were told, "Well, each block's going to vote one person in, and those people will decide who the other two people are." And we're like, "Oh no, that is not a legal way to hold any kind of vote in any format." Um, so we said, well, we can go name by name, but we're going to tell you right now, Femka and Roar are in lockstep. So are the people that we're going to vote for, like they're going to have the most votes. So Parker spoke up and said, well, fine, then who's your board? <laughs> so, uh, I think it was Trevor that said EA, Clive, Darren Newton, Tim Caporell, and Sonder. And Carlos again slammed the table. No, Darren Newton. 
No, you submitted him the day after. It's too late for that. You can't do that. Well, and oh my goodness, throw down that Darren Newton could not be part of the committee. So I brought up the point that he emailed Ephra in August about wanting to be on the IFMAR board. And then Willie got on there and screamed that his email never went through, his email system's broken, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Earlier in this meeting, Sonder even explained that the IFMAR email is broken, that he has to refresh his certificates a few times to make sure that the emails go through. So that's not valid. As well as Jeff Parker at the Arizona World showed me Frank's email from February where the email heading, uh, the two line, had a greater than, less than sign before any of the email addresses, which any tech people know blocks everything after them because they're inappropriate signs. So nothing after that could be sent. So I'm like, if there's anybody, Willie, that has a problem, it's you guys over in Europe with your e email system. It has nothing to do with BRCA or Roar or anybody else. So in that, in that sense, you guys just voted. Well, being as Frank was already retiring, you voted Carlos out and Jeff Parker out. Yep. But at that point, Carlos still was holding a dream because we had voted for five people, but we could only use four of them because he said so, basically. Um, <laughs> yep, that does not surprise me. Yeah, I remember Darren Newton writing this post in August. Yep. About, he says, I found, Eric says, I found a post on Facebook that Darren put up on August 11th saying he requested to be added. And Afra said, okay, then never did. I read that today. Yeah, Newton they they submitted a bunch of names that weren't didn't have it had some people that were voted out, no confidence of BRCA. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were submitting them as EFRA people to be an IFMAR. Um, but again, they've talked to him. He's got text messages back and forth from even Willie <laughs> acknowledging that he wanted to be on the board. Why isn't he one of the people? And now they are saying they never got anything. So their story's changing and one person's is staying the same. So after that, was Carlos finally defeated? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. He's still He's... holding on because without Darren, we only had four people. And he should be the fifth person because he's the most logical person. I'm like, no, no, no. We still have more people. No, all you submitted was Darren, EA, and Tim. I'm like, nope, Bob Ingersoll. And he just had uh -oh. his hands. <laughs> and Trevor Good seconded Bob. Bob. Yeah. Bob Ingersoll. Um, Trevor seconded them. And there you had it. There was our five people. So wow. That was pretty strategic. That was brilliant. Well, it it worked out brilliant, but yeah. going into the meeting, it was like, oh my God, how are we gonna get this done? This just we can't continue the way things are going, everything's oh. just dying. Everything's getting worse. Like nobody likes any sanctioning body. Like that that's not done by racers that know what racers want or need. It's done by people who, you know, to their benefit were racing in the eighties and nineties, but mm -hmm. you know, we're 30 years down the road now and you kind of have to change a little bit. So I, I would agree. I, I always say, so I'll dress back a little bit. This a lot of this started way back in the day when we first started this podcast. And 
JQ came up with this brilliant campaign, which was kind of a joke at first, which was like, you know what? We're going to get you in as IFMAR president. And it was just, just a, it was just like joke. It was like, vote for, vote for lefty IFMAR president. And we started, he did it. He pulled it on me on the podcast. He didn't tell me what he's going to do. He just, he just did it to me one time. He was doing it on a podcast. He made a Facebook page for it and everything. And it was started to get traction. And IFMAR actually got our Facebook page banned that Facebook page banned for misuse of their logo, all this type of stuff. So, um, and of course, JQ has been a very big uh, critic of Ifmar, Efra, everybody, everybody besides himself. And um, <laughs> of course, Max and I have been a very big critic of Ifmar as well. Uh, with all that said, I want to... I, I I don't think I'm on. I, I never thought I was on Ifmar's Christmas card gift, uh, gift Christmas card friends list. Anyway, you know I don't expect a Christmas card from them as well. But man, it took a lot to get these guys out of her. Like they probably had good intentions when they started, but like you said, yeah. thirty years have gone by, and they don't want to relinquish that power that they had with Ifmar, like being able to go to, uh, Japan to have this AGM. You know, yeah. and all that type of stuff on on the racers' dime because the racers pay for that, right? When they yep. pay those entry fees and all that type of stuff. And EA uh, is and right to, that when Efro was asked after we did ours, they did vote for um, Eric and Clive. Okay, they says Eric says to be fair, Efro also cast their votes, and two were oh, for okay. myself and Bob. Okay, to be on the board. The other three were existing board. Okay, so you had to do all of this. To to like people make people like one guy saying sure sounds like a lot of crap for toy car racing. Well, these these this this is the governed federation of racing, period in in the world for what we do, and all the other federations kind of fall underneath this. Or you also cost five hundred dollars an entry when you go to the like eight and eight scale. It's five hundred dollars. I know and um ten scale was like two fifty each class. So they make a substantial amount of money at these races. They only sent one person from IFMAR to the 10-scale worlds. Right. But at the biggest world championships they probably had, they only sent one person, which was yeah, Jeff Parker. It was a complete sellout. Right. Who who was... He was so back useful. in the back so much that um, one of the workers said, look, this food's for everybody else, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so with all of that said, I guess it's good. We drained the sump. You got rid of the people that were kind of causing the the backlog or always, you know, they got rid of that old guard. We always say we got to change the old guard. Okay, Sanders still there, but I actually met I, I think he he's an older dude. He has a lot of knowledge. Yes. But I think he wants to go forward. And and he doesn't want to stay there forever. Like he it wasn't a power thing for him. It was uh, you know, I, I just want to show somebody, you know, how um to take care of the fuel side and you know, like you know, carry on the, mm -hmm. the stuff going forward. He, like he, he wasn't, I never got a feeling from him that he wanted it. So he could always be considered fuel chair. Like mm -hmm. that just seemed weird. So I guess one of my questions is how did, how did Parker continue to be president after he was ousted from raw roar? Um, because they ignored my continuous emails that he had been removed from war. And he, apparently, I do, I'm not in their brain. Apparently, mm -hmm. he told them it's just a squabble. I'm still roar. I don't know. 
Okay. But, and also Jeff Parker in, inherited the position after Dallas passed away. Yeah, he inherited was- a couple positions. Oh. Um, so Bob was on the IFMAR board. I believe he was vice president at the time. He got mm-hmm. cancer. So Jeff Parker was just filling in for Bob while he was mm-hmm. sick. And okay. then Dallas died. And so then the board of directors, by their own authority, promoted him to president. Blocks had never, ever voted for mm. him to be anything. So uh, uh, at least from the Femca side, I don't know um, who was war president at the time when Parker took over. It might have been Chuck. might have been before him. Um, the, but like there was never a vote or an agreement or anything. So um, that's one of the things we suggested that gets changed before we even switched the board of directors was that okay. the blocks are the ones that should be voting because I've gotten a lot of nasty emails from IFMAR saying, we don't need the blocks. We can just do a deal with the tracks directly. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, if you don't want to represent us, then we won't send you our thousands of dollars to be part of IFMAR and to do entries. Like, like that's the one thing that I didn't like about war before I took over was mm-hmm. it was like, we're Disney, we're Disney. You got to do whatever we say. Like mm. well, it didn't matter if it was good or bad, but we're Disney, so you got to do it. Like it didn't make sense. So, I think it costs like what three thousand dollars to be a well. It cost. I remember when the Dominican Republic became a, a part of Famar. It cost us three thousand dollars. Huh. Well, I did not know that. So I believe it cost us twelve hundred dollars flat um, okay. just to be the block rep, and then there's sanctioning fees and franchise fees and all kinds of other fees that you end up paying them when you host a race or um, the the fees that they take out of the registrations before the track gets it. Um, and now they do their own. Um, Eric says blocks should be the yep. one voting on the rules. Blocks represent the races and should be heard. I agree. Yep. I agree. All right. Um, so let's move in forward. We have we've done the hard part. We've gotten that old guard out. What happens next? So next, the board will convene together, just the five of them, mm-hmm. and vote on positions who will be president, vice president, secretary, fuel chair, electric chair, um, okay. and then we'll know who's in what position. So so on the board now, it's EA, Eric Anderson, Bob Ingersoll. Yep. Uh, Sander, Tim Caparo. Yeah, Sander. Tim Caparo. And, and Clive, Clive Silva okay. from Femca. So what okay. we wanted to do was get one representative from all blocks and there would be one extra, mm-hmm. which there probably needs to be a fifth block. That was another thing of contention was, you know, we brought up that BRCA should probably be the fifth block because when representing uh, at these worlds, BRCA is a large portion of EFRA anyways. So mm. they they support the worlds. They they've got their shit together, and so why can't they be their own block? And that's not part of the EU off. anymore either, right? That set Efra off. They were like, "No, they have to be part of us. They're Europe. They're." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And it, it's again, you know, this this is a new world society where people are free and can make their own choices. So. Okay, so I see a lot of. Uh, I I don't know much about uh, EA. Um, I know he's the head running for to become the president of Ifmar 
uh, if he when he does become, or if he does become, I'll definitely, or maybe before we'll have him on the podcast to talk about his, because I don't know much about him. I know he's a, a onward racer. Why? What would be? Why would he make a good president? Do you think? Um, he's kind of like me, no nonsense, but he's been in mm-hmm. the sport for a million years. Mm-hmm. So he's raced on road, off road. He's raced a little bit of everything, and he's fast at whatever he drives. So mm-hmm. EA Sports is in the game. <laughs> I'm not having that Nick's uh, EA Sports. It's in the game. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one, Nick. Yeah, like he comes with years of knowledge, not only as a driver, but as a track owner and a hobby shop owner. He does all of them. So he kind of covers all the wickets when it comes to RC. Okay. Now, as a federation, as as you know, you have what would you like to see IFMAR start doing? What what would be some of the changes you would uh, would like to see them start making in our industry? Oh, I got. I wish you were in the meeting. I had a whole list. But um, <laughs> so the the racing in general should mm-hmm. be somewhat consistent, and it is the most inconsistent thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I thought roar was bad before we took over and started changing things. IFMAR is a million times worse. For example, off-road electrics. We'll just take the electric classes. Off-road electric. You have qualifiers on one day with your practice. Um, So you do your first two. You do two rounds of the three fastest laps. Then the next day, um, you do one more round just to see how you start in your qualifier. And you never do a resort during qualifiers the entire rest of the event until the mains, you're stuck in that qualifier. So if you had a bad three laps and you're, you know, in race 10 of 15, then you're staying 10 of 15 the entire event. But it's not as bad as um, that's not the worst of it. The worst of it is every round you start with a different race to begin with. Mm. And you don't finish that day (laughs) instead of, you know, being under the same track conditions, you wait a day and then you run one more round of qualifying, starting with the fastest guys when the track's the worst and totally different. So, okay. Not like they could have re- finished it the day before and, you know, ran in the track in the morning and then had mains. But the way that the schedule set up, which is forced on the tracks, it's bro- it breaks up seating, it breaks up qualifying, and there's not a whole lot of common sense to it for the off okay. side. Well, what about progression of the the hobby and the sport in general? What would you like to see come from them? Um, well, one, they would have to participate mm-hmm. instead of just fly to a race and then go hide in a corner. Um, but they should be promoting the sport. Like that's one of the hugest things about making a sport great is getting the promotions out there, letting the people know that are in the area that there is something like this. Half the people around the world and around the country don't even know the sport exists. And if you're not out there on Facebook or getting, you know, some kind of live stream that you can share with people like that, you're not helping the sport. It is just going to die if nobody knows about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when will we, when will the vote for the board happen? Uh, I don't know when they plan on meeting. Um, All of our guys know that they're part of the board of directors. Um, and they're in the middle of doing worlds right now out in Japan. If you don't know about it, go to live RC. If you yeah. have a bonus lap membership, you should. So they have Ken Stout doing the uh 
Ken Stoughton, Charlie Swanker doing the announcing. Dude, oh, nice. beautiful facility. Beautiful. Facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The facility looks amazing. You should have went to Japan. You should yeah. have went to Japan. Uh, I haven't seen my daughter or done stuff with my daughter pretty much all year because of all the racing stuff. So I wasn't about to cancel the one weekend vacation mm-hmm. that she gets to go on because she wanted to go see Stranger Things and The Last of Us and Lefty for a few hours. That would be What's good. up, Jeff Amos? How are you doing? Um, but yeah, she wanted to go see all those haunted houses. So I, there was no way I was changing that. Yeah, Lance says, I pointed this out in the last world. The first guys on track got screwed. Yep, I would agree. Yep. I would agree. All right. Um, awesome stuff, man. I, I I'm super happy about this. When you messaged us and you're like, we did it. I was like, what did you do? And then you, <laughs> he is like, he's like, we got this is this meeting, this meeting has been feisty. And I was like, well, who's out? And I was like, Parker's out and Carlos is out. So um, and look, it's I'm not taking away from what Carlos has done for Afra and all that type of stuff and what he's done for all of this, this type of stuff uh, for RC, but it's time to move on. Right. And you can't hold on to this. You know, you know, the ball was Ifmar and now they, the ball isn't in their court. It's in somebody else's hands. And uh, I think that the group of people that are involved will make a difference, right? Because oh, yeah. there haven't, there has not been no change for such a long time. And, this all goes forward to legitimizing what we do, right? If if our if our federation, like our governing body, isn't even respected by the people that race for it, that race in it, race in it, then how can the rest of the world take what we do seriously? It's so, exactly right. Drain the you drain the swamp. Now it's time to build. It's like it's like raw, you know. We, yeah. We drain the swamp. Now it's time to build it back up, and it takes time, and it takes it takes the racer having some faith as well. And uh, participate in these things because I believe that the world needs to happen. I think the first thing we need to stop, we need to get away from this World Cup thing and just go right into a World Championship. Like we don't need to have a World Cup for any of these races. Just go. We know we're gonna have a World Championship. Make it an official World Championship right from the get go. A World Cup is they usually have a uh, the first time uh, class races. Right. Yeah. So like eBug is gonna have a World Cup next year, but we'll just make it a world. It's like eBug has been around long enough. You is know? e-buggy more popular in Europe than it is in the States? Because it doesn't no. get tons of turnout. No. no, but they do. You know what? When they have a e- when they have a Euros in, in, in Europe, it gets 150 entries. Because they only do e-buggy. Mm, okay. So uh it's it's uh, a lot of st- it's 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 awesome, man. I, I agree. I, I appreciate it. What you guys done, you EA. I hope EA does become the president because he seems to be very in tune with it. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to have him on the podcast because I wouldn't know about him. He's uh, not much in talking, but he is good. He says, so this is what Kim says. What's up, Kim? He's up late. He's in Sweden. Oh, wow. This transparency is great. Exactly the right way to build, rebuild trust in the governing bodies. Keep it up. I agree. Thanks. 100%. 100%. And Tony Rumble says, you're a great dad, Clayton. I saw that one. I was laughing. And how tall is Clayton? Heard that was a topic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the so, comments. So, uh, yeah, I left that part out. Um, when Parker was realizing that the end was in sight, um, he he started with, oh, I know what this is, Trevor. Like, you've hated me for 10 years, and you're just out to get me, and I get it. You just want to tear everything down. And I'm like, Jeff has nothing to do with just Trevor, just anybody. It's all of us. We're all tired of every part of it. Like, and then he said some um, non-flattering term 
I, I don't know if it was POS or whatever. And then you short little man. I'm like, oh, so we've devolved into vulgar comments. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Jeff Parker don't like me too much either. But I don't care about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle. All right. So we're going to take some questions from people. I'm just going to read a few comments. Clayton, did you want to say anything else uh, more about the the IFMAR shakeup? Uh, no, I just want to ri- uh, wish all the new board members well, mm-hmm. um, and I look forward to working with them as mm-hmm. a board block to make racing in the entire world better, even for the manufacturers. Like one of the things I brought up is why does IFMAR need to have their own approvals if the blocks are doing approvals? Mm-hmm. Like, or why doesn't one block do approvals for motors and one do ESCs? And so that way everybody in the world only has to send it to one place. And then there's one list. Like that makes a lot of sense. Just kind of get screwed uh, when everybody has their own approval list. Okay. All right. So we're going to take some questions from you guys. We're not going to keep Clayton on her too long. I'm not going to be on her too long. Kai, Kai Kelly says, Lefty, come to Cleveland at the end of the month for the U.S. Carpet Offer Championship. I'm giving out free high fives and snacks. I will actually be at Fulbro at the end of the month and then to the 12 scale worlds. So, yeah. Oh, I'll get to see you. Yes, I was. I was gonna be seeing Jeff Parker there too, but not now. He might show up. He might show up. Yeah, I, I have a. I have a feeling if he shows up, it'll be on his own dime. Yes, you know he. Not that he doesn't have enough of them, but. <laughs> Alex Sturgis says changing track is stupid too. We just got. We just. We just a good. We just got a good track. To race on, be just a good track to race you're, on. I guess he's talking about, about, yeah. I think he's yeah. saying instead of changing the layout, they should have just kept it the same. I mean, that's okay. just a rule. So, all right. Uh, how okay, John Good, how does RC go mainstream, national TV, ESPN, etc.? Uh, we I have said a this product so good that they want it exactly. We don't, we do not have a product that they want it. We have, we're, we're getting better, getting People better. Actually, we're or have messaged me all year long saying that the coverage is much better and even some wives are watching it with their husbands at home. So we're, we're getting there, but I feel like we still have a ways to go. The cars need to be more easily recognizable from the new viewer perspective, instead of just a, um, just a, a local racer knows the person's body. Travis Amaskia, four to five events to determine a national champion or world title. Look at every other class of racing. I actually agree with that. I do too. But I think there's so many big races out there now that these companies send their drivers to that you, you couldn't even get three races together to yeah, do this. I think you could. I think if you took a couple of the ETS races and then a race in oh, if you combine races and a race in Australia and you would have a title, like you just race between the blocks. All right, Jeff Keaton's in here. Let's see what he says. Do the governing bodies still believe at its core that this is a hobby or do you feel it should be promoted as a professional sport? Professional sport. I've said that from the beginning. I'm um, sure we're going to have a rebuttal from that. Yeah, if you want a toy car, you go to Walmart. If you want a race car, you go buy one and you build one. So okay. to me, they're different. And I know it used to be you built a model and stuck some electronics in it. And that's how the sport started, but the sport isn't that way anymore. Okay. Tyrone Robinson asks, I have a raw question. What have raw put in place to make sure members get raw cards and improvement of the website? So you should be getting them instantly when you become a member. 
I have had a few people say that they didn't, which I can then go on the website and point them to their cards. These are digital cards, by the way. Yes, digital cards. Um, and improvement of the website, we have uh, one of your followers, Lefty, who had messaged me and I believe has talked to the webmaster now. So they're coming up with a plan on how we can get all the stuff better going forward. But right now, that's our weak point is the website is not up to date and automatic as it should be because it should be auto renewing memberships. It should be automatically putting tracks on the list as soon as they sign up and affiliates on the list as soon as they sign up. And that's still a manual process. Okay. Bill Johnson wants to know most important question of the night. Where did your cat go? Cause he was in the background the entire time. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of them's laying down on my daughter's floor bed. So, um, I, I don't know. They they chase each other and have fun. Okay. Travis Harrington, question. How did a how did a certain brand's motor pass tech at the Raw Nats? He says, half joking, as I'm going to be teching an oval race in two weeks, and I know how hard it is. Speaking of oval, has any have you guys gotten any further forward with actually getting these oval guys? I know they want a, a nationals. They want like an official Raw Nationals. Has any uh, forward momentum came from that at all? So I believe we have agreement with Pemberton to hold uh, two of his classes as world national titles this year. But the problem is that that, that race couldn't move. So it's mm-hmm. the same time as our on-road nationals. It's the same weekend. So we plan on sending up uh, one of our members. I think Garland will go up there um, and do that as like an icebreaker oval national championship. But I think we're going to try and get a dirt oval national title um, worked out before the end of the year, hopefully. Uh, awesome. I know there is a lot of interest, um, but a lot of the problem is we don't have a good rule set to go off of to even have classes. Well, I would I would suggest just getting those guys involved, right? Make a separate a separate committee just dedicated to, uh, well, not a separate committee, but have people at least on a, board. Yeah, yeah. that uh, some kind of oval rep. Yes, yes, absolutely. And Nick Saltu says he 100% agrees with you. Ty says, thank you for all your hard work. And Jeff Renner says, Clayton's cat has his own bedroom. That's not lie. That That's true. I'm pretty sure. And Kyle Kelly says, feed me tacos and I'll, te- I'll tech every raw race there is. Message uh, me, Kyle. All Kyle. right. We, we're going to stay on for a few more minutes. If you guys have any questions, maybe not even. He goes, can we improve the U.S.? Okay. How can I guess you're saying how can we improve US participation in the eight scale on road routes? Who I think is Butterfield the only one that went over there? Yeah, what? Well, Kane's there, um, but he's not racing. Um, he he was gonna bring his son, but I don't know, there might be school or something like it's a the international races during school time is hard for college or high school students, but. Um, I don't know how we get that better. Um, I mean, I looked at we're the, gonna have to work on. I looked at the not nationals you had a few weeks ago, and it was yeah, it wasn't a great turnout. No, not at all. <laughs> it was better not than we all. started, thanks to Lance. We had like 38 participants to begin with or entries, and then he promoted it, and we went to 65 or 70, so it almost doubled. So um, it was better than it was going to be. Okay. Daniel Bledsoe, coming into the RC scene this year with my son, I'm thankful to have people like Clayton working hard to better the sport. I'm sure it's not easy, but thanks for keeping 
after it. Thank you. Thank and you. And here is Jeff Keaton's uh, response. So if Raw is push- pushing the professional side of things, when are you going to start handing out prize money rather than trophies? Good question. Yeah, I brought that up. Um, the board wasn't ready to make that leap. We'll have to change Roar's um, nonprofit status to be able to do something like that. But we are talking about it and trying to figure out a way that it doesn't turn into a shit show doing that. Donovan RC says, says bring drag racing into Roar. Oof. Uh they're so out of rules. Um, I don't know. It's something Dude. to look at, but we'd probably have to have a board member like Cyril or somebody that's big in that drag racing scene. Yeah. Come on. <clears throat> I would agree if you. Donathan, I believe, is our Region 5 director now that the nominations are done, and I don't think anybody's running against him. Okay. Uh, Lance says, we have to build on-road at home first. I would agree. I mean, yeah. my buddy, so my buddy, Jay Blast, messaged me out of the blue. His, he does message me on tomorrow. He's like, Lefty, where's all the fast American guys in eight-scale on-road? I was like, there are none anymore. Like, it's a very dead. It's, it, it's, popul- it's semi-popular in Europe. It's still popular in Europe, and it's really popular in Asia, and it's popular in Latin America, I would say, to an extent. But in America, it seems that eight scale on road and touring car, 10 scale touring car, nitro touring car is like just fading into oblivion. So I don't know what they got to do to make that better. GT seems to be a little bit better. I think part of it is the track, like Mm -hmm. the American track sizes and stuff. They don't lend themselves well on on road to eight scale. Eight scale can tear up a track fairly quickly where 10 scale kind of bounce off the boards. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have to agree with Alex Herb. So I didn't even know the world just started. They had four days of practice. Yes, that's one of the things I'm talking about. Like 12 scale, the schedule for 12 scale doesn't even have scheduled practice. It just has qualifiers and racing. So they had to put a schedule together to at least have a day of practice. It references that you'll have two controlled practice rounds, but it doesn't have a schedule for them. And it doesn't say when they're supposed to be. So... 12 scale will start slowest to fastest heats each round. And I think they resort after round three. So that's kind of more in line with big races, but like it all needs to be revamped and have some consistency. So you don't go to an off-road worlds and think, okay, now I go to 12 scale worlds and here's how it goes. Cause I just did off-road worlds. It's completely different. I thought that four days of practice was entirely too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then they was like, oh, yeah, four days of practice in the books. No, we're going to one day of seeding practice. I was like, wow. Yeah. And Japan isn't cheap. Ah, it's no. crazy. Uh, Charlie yeah. Mac, what, no what can we current members' tracks do to boost Raw's, Raw's enrollment and, and involvement? So um, Lance has been getting region directors together. We still have some open regions. I wish I could remember the numbers off the top of my head. I think... Region three is open. Region seven is open. Uh, And maybe, I don't know, maybe region nine. Um, In three, Brent Densford, that's his reason. So I'm sure he knows some people that would like to volunteer. But the region directors have to get involved with the tracks. And then the tracks need to hold regionals and get the people to want to come to regionals. Because at some point, those regionals are going to be how you get into nationals. So when once these races start selling out, 
if you haven't gone to regionals, you're going to be last to be able to go to a nationals. Okay. X-Tech 101, does any RC class that got the same dumb worlds as some full-scale race that got worlds when only USA is, the, he's from Sweden, okay. is the one that race like shortcut trucks and ovals? Well, there's no truggy worlds and Americas yeah. and a few countries in Europe and I know my buddy Charlie Max can get upset when I say this because one of his questions is when we're going to have our truggy worlds. Well, the rest of the world have to race it. Short course is kind of dead. Yeah, it's uh, kind of gone. It it was it was great to see three classes at three heats of it at um, Masters of Dirt, but um, I definitely think that e buggy should be a world, and I have no I have no problem if e truggy joining that as well because e truggy is growing as growing in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I almost worldwide. feel like so the worlds that have a low attendance, mm-hmm. maybe you hold off from those having another worlds the two years after, make it four years. So there's some want to do it again. Where is the next GT worlds? Because I think I, I, I will say this: Tim Styles brings up a, a big thing. Going to the cost of going to Japan also did not help, while the cost of going to Australia didn't help either. The GT yeah. worlds. So, but that's the USA it, people saying that, I guess. Because put it in a place like well, I was about to say put it in a you can put it in Europe. Would love it for to be in Australia and Jeff. Well, they got the ten scale worlds. Yeah, next year they had the GT worlds just a couple of months ago, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. This question: Does Raw give so pro mod vet? Does Raw give some travel money to guys wanting to go to international worlds? Obviously, national top five at least. That may be something to look at in the, at least to help with plane tickets for representation so we don't um currently it would be something to look at um the way that our funding's breaking down this year although we were twenty thousand dollars in debt um and we've paid that off we won't have a ton of money in the bank we won't be in debt but we won't have a bunch of money so we need to look at how we're doing everything to like cost benefit analysis and I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, just don't go to the nationals. Don't send RMT to the nationals. Let the host track do the RMT and just have somebody look over their shoulder. But from tons of experience, that just lets a lot of tech stuff slide through. So there would be a lot more funny things hitting the track. Okay, I do agree with Jeff Keaton on this. He says, "There's always this has always been my point. Raw is a nonprofit designed to create rules, guidelines, and promotion of the hobby. If you want to take it, make it a professional organization. You're then turning it into a for-profit organization. This is not is this not accurate? Now, JQ has always said this, and I agree with him. He says that they should be for-profit. These federations. Yeah, I I think there's still some kind of four hundred one that." you can, you know, as long as the board members aren't profiting, like, um, like you're not profiting off the membership and stuff like that, then I think there's still a nonprofit that way. Um, but yeah, it probably should be a for-profit and people should get paid, but that's just going to make everything much, much more expensive for everybody. Okay. So we have a bunch of questions coming in the mangler. Says, you know who the mangler is. Yeah. What happens when zero tracks in your region don't want to hold 
it doesn't want to hold a, re- a regional. You go mangle them and force them to put on your onesie or, or whatever that, that, that uniform from wrestling is um, and show up at their doorstep and say, we're holding a regional. Um, I, I feel like once things or are better that like a national regionals will be something people want to attend. Um, there's no way you can't ever have a good event if you're forcing people to be there or do something. So you have to make people want to do it. So you have to hold a good event. Okay. So Fred Costa, Elliot Boots, and Lance McDonald's. What's up? You're up late too, Elliot. It's like three o'clock in the morning in Italy. Uh, he says, could eight scale offer nitro routes be combined with e-bike routes? I agree. I think they should. Yeah. It's I've enough time. Manufacturers about doing it for us too, for our nationals. Instead of having a separate e buggy uh, and nitro, um, right now the desire isn't there for that. They kind of like them being separate because at the ENATs, the guys feel much more relaxed and it would be much more stressful for them if they were doing um, E and nitro in the same NATs. Well, just get rid of Truggy. Yeah, I mean, it's just another buggy. Oh man, Charlie Max is going to get mad at me. Uh, <laughs> I think at the Worlds, because you're only racing. One class, yeah, you're not racing two. You're not ra- not not and just run both. I would say, and that cost cuts down on costs for the manufacturers as well, and tires. You use the same tires. Well, and that was my thought of saying we should do it for our nationals instead of having to be two separate events, take five days off for each one. Maybe you do six days and do both of them at the same time, so it would lower the cost for everybody. Um, other than the people that only wanted to race Nitro or only wanted to race E-Buggy, I guess. Okay. Uh, X, hold on, sorry. Joey Fishers goes, why not make a World Series? We, we, we yeah, talked, we talked that. about that. I, I think yes. that's a good idea. I don't think we're there yet, but I think that is a good idea. And what? Uh, so X-Tech was, what I meant is full-scale ra- full racing 1-1, one, one, like the Crandon World Cup, where they raced ST, SCT on one of one on one dirt track. I get I, I he was talking about um making worlds for other smaller classes. I don't think every class in RC should have a worlds either. No. In my opinion. No. And Scott Franklin says Clayton if region three is open for representation, we need to talk. Well shoot him an email. Clayton Young on Facebook or president at warracing.com. Uh quality by the region to make the n- National. Oh, okay. He's responding to uh, another comment. Uh, Land uh, says, "Okay, so Badlands RC Track says the AMA sanctions motocross and supercross, but a private company provides promote, but a private company promotes for the profit race." Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that could, could be, be something too. Mm-hmm. Lance McDonald says, "My girls have every region with at least one event. That would be good." And thank you, Thomas Kitchens, for the nine ninety nine super chat. I greatly appreciate that. I, I greatly as well appreciate, appreciate that. that. Thank you, Thomas. Buggy nets and truggy nets. Yes, I think we're there. Are, people are just catching up what we was talking about. Charlie mm-hmm. Max says, "Don't tread on truggy. Spec tread on buggy." Hashtag spec spec thread on buggy. Charlie Mac is the self proclaimed king of truggy. Ruggy. Oh, nice. Now. 
And it boots. It, it, I agree with you. It would save costs of manufacturers as drivers are already there, and you don't have to run both classes if you don't want to. I would agree. Yep. Uh, I so I need manufacturers buy in before we make a big change like that. Okay. Oh, Thomas Kitchen says, "Do away with broggy bodies and bring back the true truggy." I don't think that's going to happen, but you can always run. It's a choice. Yeah, you can run the truggy body if you want to. There's nothing that says you can't. It's just not going to fly the same way. Uh, sorry. So Eric Anderson, Sean Harding is our current regional three director. We have had regionals every year since he has took over. That. Oh, there so, we go. So we just need to. Re- there was nobody that was um, submitted or. Um, there were no names submitted for region three. So thank you, EA. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. And I don't know why, because that track was actually really cool. It was in a um, in a sporting goods store. So we had lots of foot traffic. It wasn't an art. Wasn't it an archery shop or something? No, there was an archery shop inside of the sporting goods store. But okay. yeah, it was a sporting goods store. Tyron says 10 scale electric raw networks is successful. We're running two wheel drive and four wheel drive at the same event. Why can't eight scale nitro buggy and electric buggy do it? Well, I think There's you would have to do all three. And nitro. You would have to do all three. Hold a truck nationals independent from e-buggy and nitro. That has been done. And it went away because none of, they didn't get enough entries. Mm. It was gas truck and, and truggy. So <clears throat> yeah, there is no more nitro anything except eight scale. So um, the on the off-road side. I mean, you could do it with e-truggy getting bigger, but I just don't... I. I goes back to it. So I, I once said on this podcast and I got all the e-buggy specialists all got them all upset. And I said that e-buggy only guys aren't as serious as nitro guys. Nitro. Racers. I would agree when we hold the so, nationals, there's not as much stress. Exactly. But there's not, a, you, you never, ever, ever sell out the e-nationals, right? Never, never, because there's no sportsman. There's no intermediate. There's not no 40, 40 plus. There's none of that. Right. Yeah. Monoroma sold out in 14 minutes the other day. What was the yeah, number today, that they sold out? I don't know, but it's the, one of the biggest electric. It's only electric only, right? It's electric mm. only. It's a, it's it's up there in the, in the Northeast. And it, they're even having a problem with people scalping entries right now. Huh. Sold out in 14 minutes. But it has sportsman, intermediate, 40 plus, all those other different classes that Everybody they want to be a part a trophy. of. That's so. that's not my. I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of you race a class to beat everybody there. I don't even like the over forty class. I well, feel like if you're good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. Well, that's my point. The these the e buggy guys prefer to have that sportsman intermediate and that separation so they can you know and that's fine. It's not for wrong with that. Whereas the nitro guys, I feel they make that trip over to wherever the nationals is. I mean the nationals maybe don't sell out. It didn't sell out completely this year. Well, that was but it gets way though. more. I, I limited it until it was way too late. Okay. All right. Elliot Boots. It would really help our sport, in my opinion, to have these big races at full-scale racing events. I think people would see racing for themselves. It would attract new people into the sport as our sport is more accessible for more people. This then could lead into outside sponsors for the events and possible mainstream. So I would agree if you were doing it during the downtime of the big events. Uh, one of the things that BRCA does is they have a big race inside of a shopping mall. And so they get shit tons of foot traffic. They got bleachers. They got all this stuff. 
something like that where you're in the public eye and they they aren't really going to go watch Taylor Swift, you know, they're going to just walk around and and look at things, then the sport is a really an eye grabber. But if we held it at like a NASCAR race and the race is going on, people aren't going to be at the track watching the uh, you know, remote control cars when they can go see the full scale cars. 350 uh, entries at Motorama. And that's all just e-buggy? Yeah, well, e-class. E-buggy, e-truggy. Um, probably got short course in there, I would assume. Uh, they do somebody oval, chime oval in. Two, they, I think. They have, but it's a separate track. Oh, okay, oval. so that's a separate entry list. Visions race. I think the problem with Visions, Ty, is it's too expensive for the average racer to go there. And the people at Visions are doing the uh, full-scale stuff. Yeah, I think so, there's so much going on that it's not a focus. Right. There's it's and like it like when I I talked to people that went last year or this year I think and they were just explaining like how just how expensive it is and like you need an ATV to get around and all that type of stuff. It's like on a huge, mm. huge, huge uh whatchamacallit, uh big area. Motorama's intermediate buggy and truggy, expert buggy and truggy, intermediate and four-wheel drive. Expert four-wheel drive F40. Yeah, lots of different That's classes. Six classes. That's not horrible. No. All right. Eric Anderson, we used to attend a race each year at a large car show. Carpet track set up right up with thousands mm, yeah. of cars, 1,000 spectators. This could be looked at. I definitely think um, when it comes to probably promoting, even though I love Nitro, and I think it's the greatest thing in the world when it comes to racing, I I think it attracts people, but to put on a to put on a nitro race at one of these big events, you would have to cut the whole program down extremely a lot as well. The the convenient thing about carpet is it's easy to do that as well. Like it's easier to just build that track out of carpet. Electric cars ain't making noise. They ain't you know putting on ex uh, exhaust and all that type of stuff. So they can do it inside of a mall, and it makes it easier to do you know but i still believe yeah. that when you rent when you start up a nitro car and start going it attracts more people you just can't do that inside of a mall yeah well mate isn't there like a semca or some kind of car show sema sema so it might be an idea to hold some kind of race there to get people to see the sport is yeah, that indoor or is that outdoor? It's indoor, but is I, it? I mean, I, I was recently so I was recently at um the H2GP, which is done. Yeah, I did look catch a little bit of that. So that was when I looked up from when I was announcing, I looked up and I saw the tens of thousands of people around there, thousands of people looking at this stuff. It made me nervous, but that was uh an RC event, it was different from what we're used to, obviously. But it was RC. It had big money behind it because of the, obviously because of the hydrogen and the sustainable energy push and all that type of stuff. And it was at a convention that had tens of thousands of people there as was, well. Was the convention about that renewable energy yes. source? Okay. So that's why it all combined there. Yeah. And that's where all the money, and it's also educational. So it's a STEM project that goes into high schools. So it, it ticks off all the boxes for these big companies that want to spend money on it. It's about sustainable energy. It's getting into high schools. And then, you know, it's education and all that type of stuff. 
And then obviously it was put on in front of the, uh, all these people at the re plus at Indonesian in Las Vegas. Hmm. Maybe we can get Tesla to sponsor. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like just says SEMA has outdoor activities. Yeah, that would be, it could happen. So maybe it could happen, but they could do a carpet indoor track as well. Yeah. But they wouldn't have that same nitro sound. So, so this is so Tyrone says Silver State has been successful doing it in a casino. When I go to Silver State, I see people walk in and walk right out because it's too dusty and it's not yeah. catered. And that's also you got to understand these these races have to be catered to a spectator, not to yeah. racers. Yeah, they come in there, they don't know what's going on. They just see cars going around. They don't know who's who. They don't know nothing. When I was at the H two GP. You was able to tell which car was which and that because they're all painted different. They were going slower, you know. Mm. When I'm middle civil state, I seen people walk in and walk right out because it's too dusty and it's too smoky. Mm. And they don't know what you come to. A, it's the same problem. You come to an RC race and nobody knows what's going on. The race director's calling the race for the racer, not for the people that's there. Yeah, that's why I like when Mike Braun does the announcing because he He's calling it for the people watching just as much as he's calling it for the people there. Okay. I'm so I just that's my my thoughts on yeah. it. I've been to yeah. those two events. Yeah. And that's what Boots says. He says an exhibition show like an eczema would be a good race. I don't know what that is. I, I it must be it. something over in Europe. Maybe. It has indoor and outdoor areas with a lot of foot traffic. I agree. It just takes money to do that, right? Yep. It takes the money to do that to put on those type of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk with some hobby shops or whatever for this year's Nationals if any of them are interested in putting like a little practice track outside for spectators to come up. But it's got to be in an area where there's going to be spectators to make to, to make it even worth it. <clears throat> Charlie Matt, Clayton, will Raw ever move to pro drivers having pro Raw licenses so that the Raw Nats become an A and B Nats while running at the same event, I get it. We're splitting classes, but just like Reedy Race, you should earn your way up as an invite, in my opinion. So what he wants to do is have like a, a A and B uh, national champion, which yeah, I actually am so not against. Yeah, we have talked about that, especially for Nitro um, Buggy, to have your pros and then you have your amateur. So the whole thought was we had like four races that we'd use as qualifying events. And those people would be guaranteed into the pro class. And then the other uh, people that, you know, maybe we had 120 pros that were in the pro class for that pro championship. And then you have your amateur championship, which who the person that wins that gets an invite to the pro next year, as well as, you know, your top 20. And then the people who qualify in through those other races. So there has been that thought. We haven't, we haven't got that far yet, but I don't think it would be a bad thing. That's right, Charlie. That's why you should join Raw, Charlie. Mike. I keep yeah. telling him. I that. don't mind having um, different talent levels as a class, but using age as a discriminatory or just saying um, intermediate or amateur, we need like hard, fast rules. You can't just now identify as an inter intermediate because you weren't good enough as a pro. Nick Saltu says, honestly, at these big races with coverage, there should be a huge screen for spectators to view the same feed that we watch on live RC because it's hard for new people to watch it at tracks to understand. Uh, I, But I, I, I agree with that, but they can also watch it live if 
the commentating is geared to yes the race yes to to the to it has to be dumb it has to be exciting and dumb don i i say dumb don i mean and i mean by dumb don is yeah not just you know it has to be explained to the person to that person who just shows up like hey what's this but the whole race has to be catered to promoting it to to that spectator yeah to the spectator not to it it takes more than just a screen it takes it takes um getting this using those pro racers like like you would use in motocross it takes uh I know people's gonna make me make, gonna, gonna laugh at this, and I know one of my friends is gonna say pamphlets. It takes having a, something as simple as a pamphlet explaining probably who did what's going on out there, who's the top drivers, what stuff like that. Sit those drivers up, do an autograph session. I racers don't care; they're not gonna go up and get autographs. But that person walking in, that kid walking in, might treat yeah. it bigger. The whole the whole thing has to be catered. To getting spectators in. And it goes back, I always go back to this race. 2008 Manufacturers Cup. They catered the race. They treated it like it was big. They went on the radio. They went and um, they did like promotional, uh, they did promos on the radio where they were giving away tickets. Like they, you had to have a ticket to get into the race. So people had to go in there and give away, like, oh, we're going to give away tickets. They shot t shirts up into the crowd. They actually had an MC catering to the crowd you can see you can see it was in a state it was like an outdoor rodeo stadium so one they had like one side of the stadium was completely full of spectators i think they had like two thousand three thousand spectators there was that a night not rc people this was 2008 a group of guys put it together put it together but was it considered nitro yeah it was off road off road they had motocross by like ryan mayfield run a motocross bike the track was simple Hmm. it had a it made for great race and it had big jumps, like a big jump right in front of the spectators where they can see it, stuff like that. So it's not just about one thing to right. make it. It's a combination of many things to make that race. You have to, you have to go into that, to that race, knowing that you're catering to a spectator. The problem with that is it costs money and you will lose money and you won't make money on it. Mm, that is I, the problem. Unless you get the sponsors in beforehand. But you, you can, that's the problem. You got to get the sponsors in. The, the money, the money isn't going to come from inside of the industry. No, no it has right. to come from outside of the industry. Yep. The industry doesn't want to spend money on that. Yep. Because they, or they, the industry cares about the three hundred people that are going to be at one race, two hundred and fifty to three hundred people. We can fool ourselves and say, oh, it's nine hundred people at this race, but it's really nine hundred entries at that race. It's three hundred yeah. people running three classes. Yep. The industry cares about the catering to those three hundred people. The industry isn't worried about getting other people in. In yeah, my so opinion, some some of the manufacturers are that I've talked to because that's been my focus. Like, I find it silly when we do these races where you know you switch from one race to another. We don't put a commercial in there in our stream mm-hmm. for one of the sponsors or what events coming up next. Even if Roar had, hey, you think this is cool? The next one coming up is one eight Nitro and have a little clip of. You know them flying across the screen, or flying across big jumps, or wrecking each other. Also, this is another great point that Charlie Mack brings in. To do a spectator cater event, it has to fit within two hours. Quals, mains, and invite class would have to do it with all scheduling and all promotions. This is exactly what RCGP was trying to do, but they had to have the they they had an invite like a class of just a pro. This is what you do with your pro drivers, mm-hmm. right? This is what you're supposed to do. And that's what that's what motocross does. That's what all these other 
you know, you know, it's it's not about look how many guys go home sat uh Sunday Saturday afternoon for motocross or supercross. Probably like 50, 60 guys because they don't make yeah. the cut. You know what I mean? But everybody has to make the cut in, in RC. The, I agree with it. It's it's you have to cater the whole race program, everything to quick. It can't be one day there like maybe maybe six hours of the day. I don't think it would be in two hours. But it has to be entertaining for people. We have to get people there. You have to get behinds in seats. And that takes all promotion, promotion, and doing all that stuff. Right now, there's no incentive to do that within well, the RC industry. There's no place for spectators. There's no bleachers set up. Well, I mean, you go to places. You go bleachers. to these bigger events that we have, like we're going to AMS. There'll be spectate, there'll be seats there. But the, the effort to it's and and the also the thing is you you you're not char- I think you should charge people. Right, even if it's five bucks, you make something yeah. of each person that comes in there that helps pay for something. But the problem is, there's no money involved in it. There's 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 not enough money to, to for the risk for the reward. And yeah. you need outside the industry money to do it. That's what you need. You need to have a company say, "Hey, here's fifty thousand dollars towards your race." Then you can go put money into spectators. Yeah, uh, definitely. What's up, Mike Cass? How you doing? Traxxas, do you that super? Traxxas is a multi-million-dollar company. Yeah, I would Traxxas love to see them. Makes probably get more back money racing, than racing. any of these, huh? I'd like to yeah. see them get back into racing. Yeah, if Traxxas actually got into RC racing, it would boost RC racing. Yeah, they, but they are. Uh, I love yeah. their slash classes. I I race them myself. So, I, it. I know we we all want these different ideas, but it, it's it's all come on. Go if you guys haven't seen this, go look up 2008 uh, Manufacturers Cup. It's not the best video, trust me, because it's from 2008. But you see the amount of the amount of people that were there, and then after you do that, I don't know what podcast it is, but it's got Rick McCreary on it. Go look up No Name RC podcast, Rick McCreary, and he would explain the amount of money and work and time. That went into making that happen because he was a part of it. Mm. So people just need to understand that. Mike Cass says, we need more celebrity collaborations combined with a solid social media platform. I would agree there. But you know what the problem is? I would love for Lewis Hamilton to come to a race or Travis Pastrana to come to a race. Those guys want to come to a race to chill out. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to be the face of the race, unfortunately. So... We want all this time. I would, I think it would be so, like, could you imagine if, like, Travis Pastrana just showed up to race at a race? It'd be so great. Or, or Lewis Hamilton. It would be so great. But I think then, guys, it, it's just, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do an invite race at a Supercross race, race Nitro Buggy and the Pro Motorbikes. I mean, great idea. Great idea. How are you going to make it happen? Isn't a Supercross isn't the dirt at a supercross race too fluffy or soft for an eight scale? Like I feel those things get so grooved up that that dirt can't be packed enough to make it work. It's going to, it's going to take somebody who wants to lose money to do that. Yeah. Nobody wants to lose money. Long one, one group of people did it with losing money. That was RCGP. And mm-hmm. where are they? They're going. It, it's, we can say all the things we want to do, we want to do, but all that costs money. And all these different sports, like motocross, NASCAR, all these other full-scale sports have a big influx of, you know, non... Outside dollars. 
outside dollars coming in. Yep. Did you see our worlds? Which one are you talking about? Hold on. We got some Kyle Bush. I used to Kyle says Kyle Bush used to race at King on occasion. I raced against Kyle Bush at in 2004. He raced Monster Truck. He is 17. But that doesn't help us. <laughs> that doesn't help us do anything. I went to Kyle. Look, Danny Stockman worked for Kyle Bush Racing. He doesn't work for him anymore. <clears throat> he's going well, he still does, but he's gonna he that guy loves RC car racing. I went to Kyle Bush uh, racing in North Carolina this year. He, he invited me up there. And he walked me around and introduced me like I was some celebrity to people. But Kyle <laughs> Bush isn't Kyle Bush isn't worried about RC racing. He wants to go do it when he wants to have fun. Yeah. He's worried about his son going to race go-karts. Raw doesn't need to come up with all the answers. Find a promotion company that can help and have the connections to get outside money and let them profit for their efforts and keep Raw a non-profit. Ah, that's a good idea, too. If you know any companies that want to do that, go ahead. We have to have a product. What's the product? How is that person going to... How is that... So here's the question. How are you going to promote that person's product on at RC Car Racing? Are you asking me or... Are you, right? No, I'm asking anybody out there oh, or, okay. that has any ideas. Yeah, and I, I I don't think keeping Roar a nonprofit is doing anything for anybody. Like... Whether it's a profit business or a nonprofit, no, they want you. They want to hire a promotion company to do this. I am not against this. I am not right. against having a promotion company to do it. But right. I think whether Roar is nonprofit or profit, a promotion company doing it doesn't change what Roar should or shouldn't be for profit or nonprofit. Okay. All right. Let's say. Did you see? Oh, Larry is Larry Tom the owner of Hobby Action? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you see our world? Yeah, I watched it. George Pravata, we're gonna. We're, they need to separate the new racers from the experienced racers in twenty-one-five or seventeen-five class. You should have full sponsorship guys in that class. Have a pro seventeen-five class. Leave twenty-one-five and spec seventeen-five for the new guys and give them a chance to uh, do well. I mean, I thought that was the point of those classes. Well, so. The, that's the the problem with that mindset is you don't want to have to race against good people. You only want to race against people who are your USGT VTA drivers. Um, I, I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't, but it's hard to draw a line on who is pro and who is not pro. Like um, to me, if you're getting all your stuff for free, okay, you're a pro. But I think there's people out there would think, that I'm a pro and some of the other guys that race at my level are pros that we're just getting a discount. We're not, we're not getting free stuff. So, um, and then we won't know as a sanctioning body who's getting what deals. Cause no manufacturer is going to say, here's my list of my pro drivers. Cause they want to win the races just as bad as everybody else does. So I don't know. You could make some licensing structure. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to, come into the sport, come into the classes like VTA and USGT that are the exhibition classes. And then when you're ready to go pro, you race the the world championship classes like touring car. Oh my gosh. We got so much questions coming in. Cool. Um, all right. So Mike, so Mike has, I'm just going to say, he says gambling it says have social media viewers bet on which cars might win during each main. 
But that you can have fantasy racing. Yeah, you could have you could, but it takes somebody to go out in there and do that, right? Yeah, somebody's gonna have to set it up and monitor it and but, like have approvals to take the money and dish it back out. Yeah, someone's <laughs> gonna take responsible so we tried to have a fantasy. My but Joey Fisher messaged me like two days before the worlds. Let's have a fantasy or a week before the worlds. Let's have a fantasy pick for the worlds. And then him, me, him, and Max sat down there. Well, mostly Max and him, and they talked about it for about a couple hours. It's a lot of work. I mean, oh, yeah. it's a lot of work and responsibility and have to go check everything and do all that type of stuff. And nobody does anything for free. Any people like me. Yeah. Uh, Mike Cervalo, a few guys at my track are trying to get a spec clash, spec slash, spec slash class going. Absolutely great for getting new people in, in my opinion. Problem is most racists, not all, like to gatekeep everything and not welcome new people into the hobby and pull my effort in trying something new for a change. I would 100% agree with you, but yeah. I, I would say that you should just push ahead with that anyway yeah. and forget about this fucking stuck-up stock RC races because we all think that you need a $5,000 RC car to do well in RC when you can have just as much fun with a spec slash. Yeah, I mean, for example, I raced at our um, hobby town. They put up a parking lot track, um, and one of the guys gave me his brand-new slash to go run the slash class straight out of the hobby store. I had a blast. I mean, it was literally just put it on the track and run. And it was super fun. Janelle Carter, what this industry needs is less big races and more grassroots events. It's club. It's the club level that grows the hobby. I see club racing all the time on live RC. Yeah. All throughout the week. Club racing is where you learn. Um, the big races are where the sport gets to the masses, I would say. And here's what it comes down to. Many of these ideas cost dollars, Scott Franklin. Pay your membership fee to Raw. They make the standards re-race by get your backside, get your backside track side. I like they, that they one. Get co- your backside track side. I like that That's one. A too. Good, it's a good phrase. We all look, I'm not saying none of this stuff is not bad ideas. Like uh, Tyrone says, the RC a lot of RC races are Supercross fans. This event can be done near the pits just before the qualifiers with foot traffic, especially with the release of Promoto bikes and blend buggy. You know who can do make that happen? You know who can make this happen? Horizon can make this happen. Everybody mm. hates Horizon, but Horizon is the one company that can make this happen. Why? Because they have to go talk to these motocross companies to get these Promoto bikes work uh, licensed and, uh, and oh, all that right, type right. of stuff. So they are everybody is bashing on Horizon, but they are the one company that could go out and do this because and they have the yeah. money to do it and the pool to get the sponsors into it. Yeah, could we get some of the big name drivers to run those pro motor bikes? All right, no, so I have not. not okay, yet. so Charlie Max asks Clayton, Have you spoken to anyone from the AMA about your bottom line goal? You can't step in on a flight line tarmac without the AMA membership, ideally we'd get hobbyists. Okay. He's talking about, um, the, Oh, the aviation side of RC. Oh, 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 I thought he was talking about motocross. I believe that's, I believe that's what he's talking about. Okay. No step on a flight. When he says flight line tarmac, I'm assuming. Yeah. I think that's the error. Um, thing. Yes. Ideally, we'd be getting hobbyists into Raw as soon as they buy a transponder to ease the switch from hobbyist to racer. Uh, 
I'll also be say this. I'll also say this. I've seen these these Promoto X bikes go at a, a track, and it's not the best thing. No, I watched them race. I watched them race at uh, Peach State Classic, and it was not the best thing to watch out there. I think we need to stop trying to make the Promoto X into a class, and just ho- hope that it gets people to a track where they pick up something else. Yeah, kind of like the slash classes. It's something you can just go buy off the shelf and run. But at the end of the day, if you want to race like a class, you go buy a different car. See how offered says, we're going to take a few more questions and then we're going to shot because we're going. I said we was going to go an hour and a half and we're going on two hours. <laughs> Maybe we should be offering ourselves as entertainment for our big races and advertising it to actual the actual everyday person over the radio other means and charge entry to spectate and cater to them. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. That I would agree be good. with that 100%. We, we talked about that. Uh, like I said, go back to um, 2008. Go look, look it up. YouTube. 2008 Manufacturers Cup. Then go listen to No Name RC Podcast Rick McCreary. It's an older podcast. It's about three years old. It's audio only. And go listen to it because he'll go into detail about how much work and what they did to get that race going because he was involved in it. Hmm. So, all right. Uh, we need to, we, we need a way to, oh, he's talking about the promoto. Also, you, uh, I don't, I don't know, but I think it would be a good idea to put an exhibition race at a supercross track with the promoto X bikes, but it's going to take Horizon to do that. And nobody likes Horizon right now. So, you, do you think they would be more in tune to watch a Pro Moto X uh, bike instead of like the Nitro buggies? Uh I think they could do Nitro buggies too, but it would have to be. You'd have to make a small track. It'd have to be a very quick program. Joe Zaire actually, he they do something at a big in Minnesota. They do something at a big. Oh man, what is it called? A big snowmobile trade show. I want to say or a big. Hmm. He'll he'll correct me on her. Uh, and they do a little little small track. It's it's you know very limited racing. Like not, it's not it's a very quick program, and they got a lot of people there. And you know people go go away. But you also it's 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 more than just putting on the event, right? It's everything has to go in there. The promotion, yeah. everything has to go in there. The the big thing is the promotion and getting the word out to people that aren't the racers. The racers are looking for it. We have to get to the people that weren't looking for it. It just attracts them. Do a promoto demo, then do a cash payout at RCX. RCX was a RC uh, convention. Of course, mm. it's going to be easy to do it there. But they don't even have RCX anymore. Mm. I heard it was snowmobile, Joe Zaire, snowmobile, grass drags, and swap meet. Huh. That sounds like a lot of things completely different in one event. Kai Glass, <laughs> what's up? It's a little funny that RC wants to get big like Supercross when the reality Supercross has come I has come across some of the issues getting more mainstream. It's definitely a core sport. Yes, I heard uh Steve Mathis talking about this all the time. But RC, but the thing is you gotta understand that Supercross is way bigger than what RC is. Oh yeah. All right. We're gonna we're getting crazy here and we're gonna wrap this up <laughs> shortly. Okay, so those who are in the top three each class can raise the world, raise the world and represent 
the United States. All okay, so he's talking about something something else. Her that okay, okay, here we go. Mike Cass. The small grassroots tracks could have their own races and build a bigger target audience for their own regional area. If if they were combined with world uh, world rating organizations and collaborate. All it takes is talking to the AMA Supercross to see if it's possible. Well, I know JQ went and tried to talk to... Um, oh, man. What is it? Not Supercross, but the European, the FIM, I guess, whatever it's called, because they were trying to get RCGP alongside with a... with with uh like a you know like what they do the fi the europe the world motocross whatever it's what basically the motocross where they go around the world and race mm-hmm. around the world and they race a lot in europe and stuff like that it costs money these people aren't doing anything at these things if they ain't making money for them yeah so yeah, go ahead. That's the thing. Go, go ahead and give them a call. What's your sales pitch? What's going to be your sales pitch? Hey, I can get three, I can get 12 guys to race nitro cars at a track, but we, we need you to build a track and we need you to build a driver stand and we need you to do that. They're going to laugh at you and say, you need to do all of that. You need to, what are you going to do for us? That's what they're going to say to you. What are you yeah. going to do for us? There was a track or a, a facility in Texas that said that they would like us to hold a nationals there. And I said, oh, okay. Um, because they have, uh, they have uh, motocross tracks and the quad tracks and some other stuff there. And they're like, we think we'd be a great facility. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'd have to build a track. And they're like, okay, we can give you an area to do that. I'm like, okay, we mean an area. Well, you just come bring your tractors in and build your track. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, we could bring the vehicles and the talent, but we wouldn't be bringing in heavy lifting equipment to make a track and then build some bleachers. And then, you know, they're like, well, we can help with parking. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot to make a track that, you know, just having acres of land doesn't help do. Yeah. Uh, Kaigoff says MXGP and see our offer. It says, in my opinion, let's forget about being a sideshow for something bigger. We already have the venues. Let's use them. I agree. I agree. We need to do that on our own. And I don't think I, you have to believe all things possible. Him, I like a challenge. I could bring Joey. Oh yeah. That's Joey's going to do what I build offer tracks. Mm. He's not going to do nothing if he ain't getting paid either. Come on, guys! You guys, you guys are just, just come on. It's Larry's like, I wish I wish life worked like that. I wish life worked like, hey, do you think I could get some space in your multi-million-dollar uh, uh, sporting event for free? Can you build me a track as well? I'll bring the track builder. Mm-mm. Not gonna work. Not gonna work. Yeah, Larry's got work. a nice facility there in Arizona with bleachers, so. Um, that would be I, something where we could get spectators to pay to come watch. And the, the, but then you got to cater. Then you, you're just thinking about building a track. You're not, we're not even talking about everything else that has to get involved with it. The promotion. But, yeah, are we yeah. gonna Are we gonna sit there with motocross? Are we gonna have RC races there in in cocky shorts and t-shirts and the straw hats like we did at Visions? 
Or are we going to have RC guys in full uniforms looking professional? We need a lot. We need more than that. We need to look professional to in order to do things. I'm just sorry. Like no, it, it comes, it comes down to, I'm telling you, it comes, we can't even So, Oh my gosh. I, I wasn't going to go on a rant, but I'm going to go on a rant. We can't even get professionals to be professional in our industry yet, but you want to put it in front of the world in front of all these people. And, and then like, you expect like how would you like how would you if you can't do what motocross is doing why would you want to do it like frustrating frustrating i mean it's it's you know the desire to get it to be mainstream is good but like you're saying you got you have to have all your ducks in a row before you bring it to mainstream i i have a couple friends at espn and i've had them look at it and they're like you know you can't tell who's who you can't tell if they're in the lead or they're not like, like you were saying, the format's got to be to where people would understand it. Oh, we got to sneeze. Uh, I'm muted. I, have- I am muted. Don't worry. No, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to like all this stuff that people said, I've said it and talked about it and, and tried to make it happen. I'm not being negative. I'm not being negative. I'm being realistic. I'm being realistic. Worse, look, RC is so obscure. It cannot even be on the most obscure sports in the world on Netflix. That's how obscure you are. We only mm-hmm. think it's big because we go to these races and it feels big. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? There's no RC race out there that's catered to a spectator. Not one. Not one. There's no RC race out there even catered to the online stream. That we produce, we produce an online stream catered to racers. Yeah, that's true. We definitely have to cut the entrance down. And okay, make it an event. how did poker do it? Poker has millions and millions and millions Same of dollars involved drones. in it, and it takes cards to do it. Drones yeah. have millions and millions of dollars pumped to do it to do it from yep. outside manufacturers. That's how they did it. They Nobody's lost tons in. of money. You can't even get. We can't even get. Uh, what's so small? We can't even get money from Red Bull. They're like, oh, you know, like it'd be like you can't like how many people said, oh, let's get Red Bull and let's get this, let's do that, let's get yeah, that monster. Everybody said the same thing, but nobody's been able to do it yet. We'll get there. It's it's gonna take you don't we don't have a product to forgive for these people. We have a product catered to racers. That's it right now. That's all we have. We do yeah, not it's have to take rethinking what we do. Exactly. <clears throat> there's no, there's, there's no, there's no personality in faith in RC at all. There's no professionalism in RC. We have professionals, but we don't have professional that prof- they do not act professional. You go to, I always, some say people this, are acting professional. Go to an RC track many. and tell me who the professionals are. As a spectator, if I come to AMS next week, right? AMS is the next race I'm good. As a spectator, not knowing anything about RC, could I go to could I go to that race and see who a professional RC racer is? I would think everybody's a professional racer because they all look the same. Yeah. Anyway, we've had this, we've had this discussion. Look, I'm not pooping on that, but I agree. We got a long ways to go. 
Too much nerds and RC for this at the moment. I sorry, I can say this. I race to hate me for it. I would agree. <laughs> I, I believe don't, we do I would have agree. personalities, but we don't market the personalities. We don't do enough um, of our own promotion for these races. Like when we're done with qualifying round one, have 15 minute break, have the top three get do an interview at a table, just like F1 does when they're done with qualifying. <laughs> I would just like these professionals to look professional and act professional at a race. We're, it's yeah, getting I mean, better, though. It is getting better. Those guys don't act professional. They just go and freaking punch each other in the face sometimes. Well, I mean, just so now, at least, at least I would say this the races that I've been going to lately, uh, where we've been doing the online coverage, races know after you do this, you come over and you get interviewed. Mm. Right? Yep. yep. If you TQ'd that run, you come over and you get interviewed. And uh, actually, yeah. It will be, you know, they know they come over there or people now know they expect the interview. So they come over to wherever the interview spot is, wherever we set it up, they come over and do that. But I want to do more. And Tyrone asked me, when am I racing again? I am actually racing 21-5 at Florida Carpet Championships. Are you really? Yes. Is it 21-5 buggy? Yes, two-wheel drive buggy. Dalton talked me into it. And uh, I shook, I shook, I shook on it over dinner last night at dinner at Master Dart, and he said he's gonna take my car, he's gonna have a car for me. I ain't gotta do nothing. I announce my race, come down, do my practice, and I'm gonna get to race twenty one five at Florida. You guys are gonna get to watch me do something called racing. I think that it's called racing, and I get to race uh, um, twenty one five. Now, people that might say that class is for. I am not sponsored by anybody. I haven't raced in since 2018. I haven't raced carpet since 2014. And I am going to suck. So I can't wait. And exactly what Danny Paz says. And headshots. People come over for the headshots because Danny Paz, we take headshots at every race. So you can have them up on there. But it's yeah. a lot of work to do. Like I said, guys, if you want to see, uh, we have to think about catering races to spectators. 2008 Manufacturers Cup on YouTube. And then go look up the podcast with Rick McCreary, who is the man behind the actual um, the ranking system, the top 25 ranking system. And yes, check that out. Make sure it has a legal motor in it, says Joe Zaire Jr. I, I'm not in charge of that. I'm just, I'm He's just, just I'm a wheel. I am just hired help. I'm the ringer. You'll have to talk to his crew chief about that one. Lefty, I'm not going to fa- forget you challenged me to a buggy Russia truggy race. Still waiting. Catch these hands. I'm coming soon. Uh, one day, <laughs> one day, one day. You know what? Uh, thank you. I, I kept you longer than I said you. I was going to keep you. It's all good. I'm here for the people. And uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing as well, Clayton, and the moves that you guys made to drain the swamp at IFMAR and all the, the clarity and the transparency that you have bought in the last year. Well, hopefully we see Ifmar do the same thing, and yeah, I, I think that will build up that will build up more tr- more trust within the industry for them as well. And I think that people appreciate it, and I appreciate you coming on her. And I thank all of you guys for joining us this week as uh, today as well. Absolutely. We have another all the good comments and ideas. Like even uh, anybody out there can have ideas. It may work right now. It may not work right now, but. If you don't give the ideas, the sport just dies because we gotta we gotta think of ways to put these things forward. 
And you know what we all got to do? And Tyrone will know all about this. We got to all be individually good RC ambassadors. Don't be that don't be that guy at the track who doesn't want to go out there and talk to that new person that comes in and help them out because they need help. And oh, yeah, we, they do. We, we might be the first point of contact to the remote. They're nervous coming to a track. So you got to be a little bit more, be a good RC ambassador. Let's get them, let's get them, let's get, let's get them people racing and keep them racing because we're, we're all ambassadors and we all got to promote our sport. So yeah, even uh, I have my moments where I'm not the most professional. I've learned so. to just keep my mouth shut, but yeah, there's times where I, oh, where I just lose my coal. And instead of being able to talk to somebody, um, I just keep my words to myself until I can not be um, so upset that I can then go talk to them after. Yes. Keep my RC. I see you on all night. I'll see you next week at AMS. I'll see everybody out at AMS next week. And then of course, Florida carpet championships. I go Florida Copper Championships, then FRCC for Thanksgiving, which is at Callahan, Fall Brawl, and 12 Scale Worlds. A busy last part of the year for me, but I appreciate it. I'm going to miss my family, but that's what Bring you got to do. You. No, my, unfortunately, your country won't give my wife a visa and what? my kids are in school. Yeah, my wife needs a, she's Dominican. They won't give her a visa. I didn't know that Demi- was a thing. Yeah, I'm tell her just walk across the southern border, it's open. Well, we, we live on an island. Well, okay, fly to Mexico and walk across the border. Well, I'm sure some Dominicans have done that, but um, <laughs> we would like to come back here as well. But uh, I thank you guys for all the support, I appreciate it. And see Captain Jay, nos vemos in AMS. And um, thank you guys for all the support, thank you guys for the super chats. And uh, we are dropping another podcast probably Monday. I fly Monday. And uh, thank you, Clayton, for all your hard work. We appreciate uh, it. Thank you for helping promote the sport, whether it's me or somebody else. You are definitely helping keeping things front and center of everybody's mind. I hope so. I hope I hope so. Uh, and I, well, I can't do it without the support of people. So I want to say thank you to everybody. Have a good evening. Clayton, you enjoy your evening. We are going to sign off for the night. You guys enjoy your evening. Lefty and Clayton, we are out. Have a good one, everybody. See you guys later.